This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back. I hope you're having a beautiful day or night or afternoon or whenever the fuck you're listening. I just hope you're having a beautiful day, okay? So I'm very excited for this episode. I am also a little bit, not nervous, but I share a part of my life that I haven't shared with you before. So I kind of have been talking about it a little bit on my stories, but not too much. But I felt like this was the most appropriate time to mention a subject like this because we have a professional on the podcast today. We have a board-certified psychiatrist. Her name is Dr. Aminata Cisse. And she was such a pleasure to talk to. She was so, like, I just could have kept speaking to her, honestly. I loved her insight. I loved her approach on everything. And I think you guys are really going to love this conversation. I think there's something in here for anyone and everyone. And towards the end of the episode, I... I wanted to... I want to start talking about a very big part of my life, which is dealing with a sibling that is mentally ill Um, it's a very 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 big part of my life as you can imagine and it has been for the last I don't know um, almost seven years how old am I 28 like six years it's been very fucking challenging like probably just the hardest shit I've ever had to see and go through and I know it's a very real thing I know it's a very common thing And I, out of respect, kind of for like my family, didn't talk about it for a while. But, you know, a few weeks ago when I was home and my sister was hospitalized for like, I don't know, it's been many, many times that this has happened. I told my mom, like, I really want to share about this. Like, I feel so isolated in this department of my life, so to speak, just because I I don't talk about it with people. It's a very heavy subject. I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable because some people don't know what to say because not many people have experienced this and that's not their fault. And sometimes I don't need anyone to say anything to me because honestly, there isn't that much to say. Some things just like, some things are literally like, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes I do want to like fucking talk about this and it's hard. And I know there are so many people that deal with this in some capacity. So I want to start talking about it more you know and just kind of remind everyone that like you know you never know what someone's going home to you know you never know what happens behind closed doors you never know what is actually going on behind an instagram feed and that's just like when i started my sorry to go on a rant i didn't mean to but when i started my instagram i knew for a fucking fact that i was not just going to be sharing highlights you know like i know everybody says like social media is a highlight reel yeah it is but we can change that it doesn't have to be just a highlight reel it can be like more of a realistic reel and that's what I want to do like yeah I'm going to show you cute shit and cute pictures and me drunk and whatever the fuck right but if I'm going to show you all of that I also want to show you like me really upset and me going through something really challenging and me not feeling my best and I don't know I just think it's fair like I just think it, it, it makes it more it just is real life you know so anyway I thought this would be the perfect time to kind of have this conversation on the podcast because I really wanted to have it with somebody who could word it, you know, in the best way. And I felt really comfortable doing that in this conversation. So I'm very excited for you guys to hear it. And um, I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. We get into anxiety, dating, relationships, confidence, just all the good stuff. And then we talk about my sister at the end. So I hope you guys enjoy. I hope 
there's something in here that you needed to hear today um and if you found something helpful send it to somebody send the episode to somebody you never know who needs to hear sometimes a few words you know what i'm saying so apologies for my long intro but yeah that's it let's get into this beautiful conversation with dr Aminetta. Okay. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. I would love if you could introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit of your background and how how we got here. Sure. So my name is Dr. Aminata Cisse. I'm a psychiatrist. I actually reside in Miami, um, but I practice and see patients in Indiana. Um, I graduated from residency at University of Miami in 2016, so I'm a local, Um, and I did a podcast about four months ago, I believe, or five months ago with one of your really good friends, Um, and she recommended that I reach out and see, you know, if we could have a chat. Yes, shout out to Mungi. I love her so much. She has an incredible podcast. She's been on this podcast too. And um she told me that you were amazing. And well, your your episode with her was amazing. And I'm so excited to dive into some of these topics. So, I guess we can just jump in. So, I have a few different questions and I'm so excited to see like where we take it, but I would love to start talking a little bit about um relationships and dating and I really want to explore and hear hear your thoughts about, you know, this whole concept of you have to fully love yourself before you can love somebody else. Um, and I would just love to hear your take on that. So I always feel like we oversimplify the idea of love. So love is not static. Um, and that's especially something I've learned in my own relationship. It's constantly changing and adjusting in terms mm-hmm. of the intensity the type of love that you feel. Some days I feel a lot more romantic (laughs) towards my significant other and other days it's more friendship. Um, So I think to ask someone to be 100% self-actualized and fully in love with yourself um, is a bit much. I think that we should start off with a baseline of respect um, for ourselves. And I think that dictates a lot of our relationships. So it's not looking in the mirror and saying, I love myself, I'm, you know, the baddest bitch in the world, whatever. It's more so, you know, do I like the inner person I am and what am I going to put up with in situations? So I think if you dictate what you're not going to allow, like someone, like for me, I don't like people talking aggressively to me. So I can't be with someone who likes to belittle me or, you know, speak aggressively in any way. So if I have that as my baseline, then I'm able to find someone who, you know, mirrors that. And then from there, we can, you know, form a relationship um, and form a partnership. So that's more how I see it. I love that you said more so a respect with ourselves than love, because I've talked about this a few times on the podcast um, that, you know, I think love for, for a lot of people telling them that they have to love every part of themselves before they're even going to be capable of having a significant relationship like that's a lot of pressure for some people you know and i yeah and i think it's i think it's i think we just have to reward it or maybe just re reframe the way we think about it like when people say that i understand what they're trying to say i understand what people say when they say you know you have to love yourself to love someone yes i i hear you but for somebody who might struggle in that area that can also feel like a lot of pressure. And if you're kind of like me, where I'm kind of an intense bitch, I took that to heart and um, I was like, oh, well, I, I don't love myself. So that means I'm not allowed to date. And I, I literally like thought that for years because I was like, nope, I can't. I'm not ready yet. Like once I look like this, then I'll start dating. Once I have this, then I'll start dating. Once I, that's not how it works. You and know? I'm glad that you bring like so it, you know, honestly that point of view. I did that before. I was like, okay, when I am this woman, this version of myself, I am worthy of love. And if we do that, then mm. there's so much growth that comes actually in relationships. There's so much about yourself that you learn in relationships that's beneficial. So if you're waiting until you're this fully you know, perfect version of yourself, there are a lot of lessons that you're missing along the way if you don't allow yourself to engage with you know, a significant other. So 
Yeah. I love, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. What do you think about modern dating? What are your thoughts on how we, I don't know, the dating culture that we live in right now and... It's a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what dating was like before. You know, all I have is what my mom tells me. You know, my aunts looking at movies from the 50s and 60s. So I don't know what it was like before. What I do know is I believe that we're doing romance theater. Okay. So um, I recently, let me not tell my business, but I recently went to a wedding with my husband and there was a lot of fixation on, oh, y'all look popping. Oh, your pictures are hot. (laughs) Oh, couple goals. And I'm like, okay, this person is my best friend. This is the person I cry to. This is the person who knows my deepest, darkest secrets. But for a lot of, you know, external people who are not like in our close circle of friends, all you see is the external. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, and I believe that a lot of people are marrying people and dating people for how it looks on social media. Like, is this person going to increase my likes? Is this person, you know, just going to increase my social cachet and who I am in the social media society that we live in? And I don't believe that people are dating for love and friendship and companionship. I really believe that they're dating just for the appearance. Um, So I think many of us, male and females, because we always put a lot of pressure on women, Mm -hmm. but men are completely, um, you know, guilty of this as well. Would you hang out with this person? Do you want to be friends with this person? If you guys broke up tomorrow, would you miss hanging out with them? Not for the sexual compatibility or, you know, the interesting things you may do like is this your friend and that's the big issue that i think is happening with modern dating we're not having friendships we're just kind of like having situationships um i don't think that people are approaching others with kindness um once again going back to instagram there are a lot of reels right now that are about you know he broke up with me but you know i'm fine now like revenge i'm this is my revenge post or, you know, he was ugly, but I can't even believe I dated him two hours later. You know, like, just so many things about constant one man upship. Like, mm. who's better? Who's more desirable? Who's cooler? And I think that we need to focus more on just getting to know the core and, of the person. You know, something that bothers me about dating nowadays is that it's almost this game of who can care who can care less you know it's like it's it's like why is it cool to not care and listen i'm 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 guilty of this like i i'm single but i am like talking to people in my life and i play the fucking game too because it you know it is what it is like it is what it is but but i do try to catch myself because I don't want to be that person. Like, I don't want to... Why is it cool to be cold? Like, I don't want to not care. Like, if I care, I care, you know? And I don't know why... I don't know. I think... I I really wish that we could stray away from those games like that. And just, like, if you genuinely care about someone, why is it so wrong to, like, show that? If you really like someone, why is it so wrong to show that? I'm not saying, like, suffocate the person, but I'm saying, like... I'm saying even in friendships too, it's like, it's like, it's so cool to not care. No, like I want to care and I want the people in my life to care about me. And yeah, I don't know. I think there's also, like you said, you know, social media is a big thing. And I think there's this whole thing of announcement culture. I don't know if you, if you're familiar with, I mean, yeah, everybody's familiar with it. It's basically just this like notion of, you know, we do things because we can't wait to announce them. And I was unfamiliar with this term until I read this book and she, the author kept talking about this and I was like, wow, how many things, and I, I guess it's different for me because my job is on social media, so I kind of do share my life, you know, in a way, but also I know there are things that sometimes I'm like, am I doing this because I want to do this? Am I posting this because I want to post this or because I can't wait to like sh- show it, you know? I don't know, like what are your thoughts on that? Like what are your thoughts on this like pressure to always show people what we're doing and who we're dating and and always wanting to like show more and more and more and more like we're just so greedy 
But I think it's wonderful that you're already introspective enough. I'm not turning this into a therapy session. But it's introspective. Fine. You're like, I take it. Yeah, I'll take it. I love therapy. Taking that moment, like that second to think about, okay, why am I sharing this? You know, what is my ulterior motive or what 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 do I hope to gain from this? Do I right. hope to impress people that I don't know? Am I trying to just share it with my friends who, you know, I may not speak to all the time and I just want them to know what's going on with me? So I don't think it's always like a nefarious or negative um, reason why we're sharing. Um, I think you've already covered it, basically. I think taking that moment to step back and think about why you're sharing is the Mm -hmm. key thing. Um, I do worry about social media in general um i personally try to limit my social media usage as much as possible because i found over time that it just wasn't good for my own personal mental health for others it affects everyone very differently but for me i try to really limit how much i don't do mindless scrolling because i don't need to know what random people from junior high are doing with their lives like um and i don't post really i don't want people knowing my life like the people who know my life will know my life they'll text me and they'll figure out because i've had some weird interactions where individuals knew where i was in the world and it made me uncomfortable (laughs) so i had to pull back yeah yeah like oh you were here it's like oh okay um but i think if we look at social media for what it is like we're the products you know what i mean our data who we are our identities are the products so i think that if we look at what it is um as an entity it is to make us feel bad it is to make us want to keep clicking and engaging so that we yeah. i mean it's, it's capitalism. capitalism at its finest exactly yeah, yeah. So that we buy more things, we buy more dresses, we take that extra vacation that we probably don't need, all of those things. And I'm all about self-care and luxury and living well, Um, but it's definitely to keep us in a constant state of feeling like we're not enough. Um, And the announcement culture of, you know, people, you know, individuals will announce the new job, but they won't announce the six months when they were looking for that new job. Yes. So we get a very skewed perspective of what life looks like. It seems like everyone's winning. And then, you know, we're at home and we're just not having as many wins. I love that you said that. Yeah, because, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I think social media can be such an incredible thing. And I think it's up to us as the consumers to to curate our experience so like you said you don't do mindless scrolling i don't either i'm on i'm on social media all day however i have learned after a few years what works for me and what doesn't work for me so i mute a lot of people that i don't want to see their stories because they're not making me happy for whatever reason or they're not adding anything positive to my life they're not you know entertaining me or educating me or inspiring me and if that's not the case then i'm not gonna watch it because even if that sounds silly to someone like that is someone you're watching every single day of your life like whatever i feel like that's their energy too you're picking it up and i don't want to be i don't want to be digesting shit that's not gonna like make my day better so i've really i really like unfollow people all the time i mute people all the time i'm careful about who I'm watching all the time because I love social media and I don't want to fuck it up because I already did once. Like when I was, I don't know, I, how old even was I? Like 19, 20, I went, maybe like 20, 21, I'm 28 now. Um, I got so sucked into the world of diet culture online and it completely fucked me up. Like I'm literally still now recovering from an eating disorder right now, eight years later. And all of it, like I didn't grow up in a household where that was, you know, where food was a, a topic, like my body was never quite, like it, it wasn't from my upbringing. Yeah, I've, I was in therapy for a long time and we explored all of this because my therapist really wanted to get to the, to the nitty gritty of like, where did this come from, you know? And we uncovered a lot of things, obviously, but a lot of it, I was like, I kind of, not that I brought this on myself, but I was so fixated on, like you said, all of the perfect things that I was seeing online, which were all bullshit, and it it messed me up, you know? Um, and the other thing I wanted to say of 
of what you said is how people only post, you know, the highlights. And I understand. I understand why people do that. You know, we want to keep it happy and we want to, you know, you don't want to post all your sad moments and make people sad. I get that. But something that I try to do and that I am continuing to do more, especially on the podcast, because I have, I have more chance and, you know, I have more time to like talk and really get into different subjects. But I like to show people the shitty moments. Um, and I think because... Listen, I've gone through a lot of shit and and I've felt very alone in those moments because I felt almost like nobody else was going through shit because nobody really would talk about it, right? And so now I love that we have a lot more transparency and there's a lot more people that are sharing their shitty moments. And I think that's making, I hope that that continues to be something that evolves in social media and within social media because I think it would just like make everything better for everyone when we all realize that we are all collectively going through shit and no one's life is as great as it's is as it looks online a hundred percent and I love that you spoke about your eating disorder in terms of the idea of consuming what are we consuming Mm. um I just restarted therapy myself and she pointed out to me like you have to i love my mom but my mom loves to send me (laughs) news articles at six in the morning about what the taliban is doing so i had to say hey mom please stop sending me these articles at six maybe at like 2 (laughs) p.m but like not at six in the morning so it's like what are we consuming because all the things that you consume are affecting how you picture the world, how you see the world. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's great that you're muting, for whatever reason, you don't have to explain to anyone why you're muting certain mm-hmm. accounts, why you've unfollowed people. It makes you uncomfortable. You don't have to consume that and have that in your space. And I think that's Totally. What are some tools? I, w- I love talking about confidence on the podcast, and I would love to hear some tools that you would share with somebody who's trying to cultivate more self-confidence in their life so before i answer that what does self-confidence mean to you how do you define self-confidence oh i love that question um how do i define self-confidence i guess i can try to think of when i feel most confident is when i feel i think i just feel Wow, that's a tough one. I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. I feel I feel comfortable comfortable within myself. I feel like I have a seat at the table. I feel like I can use my voice and use it proudly. I feel Yeah, I feel the most confident when I'm doing the things that fulfill me and when I'm having beautiful conversations and when I'm learning and when I am inspired, that's when I feel most confident. And, and, and also, sorry, and a big part of confidence for me is also how I feel and how I look. I, I'm not going to lie because that's, that's a huge part. So for me, it's when I feel good, when I feel good, when I take care of myself, when I do the little things that I know make me feel good. That's awesome. So the fact that like, you know, that I wasn't trying to stump you in any way, but self-confidence is so different for each person so it's like i think a lot of times in the media you know self-confidence is to use this again but like i'm a bad bitch i'm cursing out people Mm -hmm. i'm being Mm -hmm. mean i'm confident um and i think for a long time that's how i even perceived confidence like the girls the mean girls kind of were the most confident girls throughout high school college and even into adulthood um and The main thing to understand is that confidence is different for each individual. So for me, I'm more of like an ambiverted person. I'm kind of introverted. I'm kind of extroverted. So confidence for me means, as you stated, being on the right path, um, exploring my creativity in good ways, and being proud of myself for the things that I'm doing, liking how I physically look in terms of being a good weight for my body type. Um, those things Um, so I would encourage so once I have my idea of what confidence is I can tell other people how to work on it so it's like what Mm -hmm. are the things about yourself that you're not confident about at this moment what are the things that are bothering you are there things from your childhood that are coming through into your adulthood and making you feel like you're less than for whatever reason Um, I believe that we can make subtle changes 
um, to like our external life, you know, maybe you need to go for an extra walk if you're not liking how your skin looks or something like that. Maybe you need to incorporate a facial into your life. So re recognizing what is not making you feel confident and then thinking of the subtle ways that you can feel a little bit better about yourself. Maybe you need to, maybe you don't like how you speak when you go to dinner parties. So perhaps, you know, reading a few more articles or books or things like that during the week. So you have interesting things to say. Um, but the most important part, I believe, for confidence is just accepting that we're not perfect. And mm -hmm. <laughs> accepting that unless, you know, you're an Olympian, you're not going to be the fastest, strongest, you know, paragon of, you know, human exception. So realizing that you work within the space of whatever is the best for you. I'm not saying to be um, mediocre. I'm not saying to strive for the best, but you can find a lot of solace in just knowing that it's just a blessing to be alive. It's just a blessing to be able to, if you're able-bodied, to be able to walk, to be able to speak, um, and just mm -hmm. kind of honing in on the things within you, your inner strengths, and that I think helps a lot with confidence. I love using... I said this yesterday um, or a few days ago on my stories that for me in my life, perspective and gratitude mm -hmm. are like two of the biggest driving forces. Like that is how I'm able to kind of find peace and calmness when shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, I mean, I really, I had to do so much healing when I first saw my therapist for my eating disorder which was in 2018 so it hasn't really been that long end of 2018 um I was yeah, it was the worst it was ever it, it had ever been and I was like okay I finally need help after like you know seven years I'm like okay I think it's time to like seek professional assistance because I no longer want to be tied down by food and and just you know I, I wasn't living let's just say that like I wasn't living truly and so much of what we worked on was confidence too, you know, mm -hmm. because I felt like my whole identity was my workouts and measuring my food intake and always being routined and never, you know, mm -hmm. I couldn't do that because it didn't fit into my diet plan. I could like, I, I, my, my whole identity, that's what it was for me. And so I had to learn like, dude, you're so much more than just your body. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think like, I love those tips for confidence because it's also, I think something that people get wrong is like, like you said, it's, it's, it's being like, you know, the loudest one in the room. Exactly. That doesn't, necess that doesn't necessarily mean confidence. Definitely not. You know? Sometimes those girls those girls not to come for anyone who's listening but sometimes those girls are not the individuals who stand up for themselves in the moments that count they can right. curse out the waiter but they're not telling their boyfriend that he should stop cheating so it's like i've seen that throughout my lifetime absolutely like i love that you said confidence looks different on everyone it's gonna feel different on everyone mm -hmm. and there's no like linear way to achieve more confidence i think you know some days I don't feel confident at all. Other days I'm like, fuck, I could run the world today, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's also okay. I think yeah. I think a misconception too that I had before was like, I just wanted to be more confident. I wanted to be more confident. And I almost, I thought there was this like end game, you know, like there was this destination. Like one day I was going to wake up, I was going to be this and that, and I was never going to, I self-love this confidence, mm -hmm. that. No, it doesn't work. I mean, personally, it doesn't work like that for me. It doesn't work like that for anyone. Especially I don't, for women, we go through so many hormonal shifts within yeah. the span of a month. So the way that you feel on September 1 is not how you're going to feel on the last day of the month. Because who knows yeah. where you are in your cycle. You're going to be bloated yeah. one day. You're going to be ovulating another day. It's going to feel completely different. And we you know have what's to a, you, adjust for sorry. that. Sorry. No, no, it's no problem. We just have to adjust for that as women as well. Right. And you know what is so annoying to me is... <laughs> society collectively is always like love yourself be confident go do this do that and then once women especially not mm -hmm. to make this about gender but especially women when we 
put ourselves into those situations when we take back our power when we do show up for ourselves when we are confident society collectively is like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. calm down like mm-hmm. not so much not so much like g- go back down like it's so annoying and i think something also is people mistake confidence for arrogance what's right uh-huh. right and so it's like oh fuck like it's so i've kind of i'm kind of tired honestly of everything and i'm just like you know what you're never gonna please everyone everyone's always gonna have something to say there's always gonna be someone that has something to say about what you look like what you're wearing the way you talk the way you breathe your confidence whatever it is the way you breathe (laughs) so you might as well just live i don't even know like take up all the space yeah you know when i was in college i'm six feet tall so when i was in college people used to assume that i was arrogant and I remember this guy one time said, he was like, you know, Emmy, you're just tall and you have good posture. So those two things are just going to make people assume that you're a bitch. But so I'm just six feet tall. What? I'm quiet. Like, that is like crazy. Like, I don't even talk that much. But just being tall and not slumping over was a problem. So that was that hit home for me. Just taking up space, just breathing. It's all up to how the individual wants to interpret it, and you just have to exist in your own space. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would love to talk with you about anxiety Mm -hmm. because... So I was diagnosed with um, general anxiety disorder, Mm -hmm. and I started taking medication for it a year ago. Or no, last like October, so almost a year. And... I've always really been anxious ever since I can remember. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure my dad was never diagnosed, mm-hmm. um, but I'm like a thousand percent sure he probably had something very similar because we just, everything that I have anxious in me, I like, he <laughs> had the same thing, okay. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is something that I told you I would love to talk about is mm-hmm. why are we collectively, I don't know, why are us millennials, like, why are we so anxious? Mm-hmm. Or... Are we truly, like, why are we all so anxious? Or are we just talking more about mental health and that's why we're all realizing, like, oh, wait, actually, like, I'm anxious too. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It's a good question. Um, I thought a lot about it. I think we're just living in a really uncertain time. Right. Um, for me, I graduated in 2008 from college and that was the big recession. Mm. We just lived through a pandemic. We're still living in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, a lot of us are, you know, coming of age, able to buy homes, start families. Now there's a housing bubble. No one can get a house anymore. Um, so climate change. <laughs> you just saw what happened in New York. I'm from New York originally. So like yeah. my best friend's um, basement flooded. So it's like climate change. All these things are happening at once. Um, And we're still being measured on the metrics of our parents and our grandparents. So all of the trappings of success that, you know, they were able to obtain student loans. They were able to go to college and grad school without having two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. So we're squeezed. And if you just, you know, I've I've just only touched, you know, um, the surface of all the things that millennials have to deal with that previous generations didn't have to. And that will make you anxious. Um, yeah. And then speaking not to go back and blame social media all over again, but we're seeing people saying, hey, girl, you better have a six pack. You better be spiritually grounded and, you know, doing your yoga every morning. You better be starting a family, your husband or <laughs> wife or whatever better be the baddest person in the game. And you're also supposed to be the best in your career and a CEO by 30. So all Fucking of these crazy. Things, <laughs> all of these things together, it's a perfect storm to be anxious. There's so many external stressors at one time. Um, I do believe we talk about mental health more mm-hmm. to answer the second part of your question. However, I don't think that we talk about it. Like for me, I'm a psychiatrist. Whenever I say I'm a psychiatrist, people go mental health is really important and then the conversation ends and they stop talking to me so it's like we recognize why uh, but why uh, people don't like psychiatrists 
They feel like I'm this evil, scary person from the movies that's gonna like strap them down and. Okay, so still we yeah, still yeah, yeah. have we still have a stigma for 100%. sure. There's still a stigma. Yeah. So we're talking about it, but I don't think enough people are actively pursuing the help. Those who can mm. like afford it, because you know, mental health is definitely something that is not accessible to all, unfortunately, yep. which is a problem in, in the United States and throughout yep. a lot of the developed world, actually. So I think the times that we're living in, we're talking about the mental health. People are, and then, then that's another stressor. Like, hey, I need to take care of my mental health, but shit, I really don't want to do it. So then that adds even more <laughs> anxiety on top I know, of all the I issues. Know. Yeah, I I think the I I think our 20s are a very mismarketed era, mm-hmm. and it's for all the reasons that you said. We're expected to know what our dream job is, yep. be killing it at it, be growing, get a promotion, be investing, buy a house, find a man or a woman or mm-hmm. or or not have right. kids. But fuck, like, mm-hmm. can I just like breathe for a sec? And I'm I just there. I think it's also a societal thing that used to happen. A timeline was very much in place before. People mm-hmm. followed a very a very linear road. Yes. And that's fine. I've said this also multiple times on the podcast. If that's what you want to do, cool, amazing. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want to do that's going to make you happy. But I don't agree with the pressure that is... I don't know that. I guess sometimes we still place on ourselves. Yeah. And espe- like, I'm sorry, but especially for women. Mm-hmm. Because a man can be 35 and chilling and be a fuckboy and it's all good. Like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, fine. A woman 45. is 35. <laughs> you better go freeze your eggs, bitch, because what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. So how do we take that pressure off ourselves as women? As women, we can't fight biology. So, like, that's reality in terms right. of the kids and everything else like that. But I think a conversation that's great to have is a lot of women don't want to have kids. Mm. <laughs> so I think it's really important to have that conversation with yourself. Like, hey, do I really want to be a mom? Or is this just what I'm supposed to do next in my life? Yep, um, yep. As I stated before, I'm 34. I'll be 35 in about six weeks. I don't have kids. Um, I get a lot of pressure, you know, externally. Like, just do it. Just just have them and send them to Senegal and your cousins oh will raise God. them. Like, whatever. So <laughs> it's a constant fight from, you know, family and what you're supposed to be doing on your life timeline. What I would suggest for most women outside of the kid thing in terms of professionally, in terms of, you know, socially and all of that is really stepping back and looking at what brings you joy. Mm. And if it means stepping away from certain family members' expectations of you, even unfortunately some of our friends put a lot of pressure on us, which is super weird and something mm-hmm. I've learned as I've gotten older. Like, girl, why are you pressuring me? We're the same age. But <laughs> And if you have to mute, you know, in real life, some of those voices that are trying to not allow you to go on your own path, then you need to do that. Like, if you want to quit your job and move to Mexico City and sell churros, like, do that. And I'm just being real. Like, just do that. because So specific. I love it. So specific. <laughs> I thought about it. Like, <laughs> like, just do that because life is not, you know, forever. Like, and you only have one. And mm-hmm. As we learn from the pandemic, it can be over so very quickly. Yeah. I love seeing people quit their jobs and go after something new. I love seeing people get out of a bad relationship and realize how actually happy they deserve to be. Mm -hmm. I love seeing people change their mind. I I love seeing that because um, in my head, I'm like, oh, yes. They finally realize like, okay, fuck that. I don't want to do that. This is what I want to do. And once you realize that, I think there's nothing more powerful because then you're like, oh, okay, what else can I like kind of add into my life? What else Mm -hmm. can I kind of change? What else do I not want to do that everybody else is doing? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like such a, I'm not saying to, you know, fuck the system and do whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, right. right. No, I'm just saying, you know, like let's all collectively stop pressuring each other. Let's stop assuming that because somebody is a woman that they want children or that they want marriage. That's not an assumption that 
I think it's a very dangerous assumption. I think assumptions in general are dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you, you can't assume because you don't know. And unless you know, there's no room for you to be making those assumptions, you know? And mm-hmm. I've just, I always think this, I always go back to this, is like, I know when I've been going through very hard moments, like sometimes I've shown something so different to the outside. Mm-hmm. So it almost just reminds me, like you have no idea what anyone's going through. You have no idea what someone's going home to. You have no idea, no matter what they're saying or even showing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just something that we all have to remember too, is just like, you just don't know. And if, you know, if someone wants to follow a traditional route, cool if someone wants to do something different cool like it's really none of your business and like you said life is so precious Mm -hmm. and I think we need to just yeah truly sit back and ask ourselves those questions like what do you actually want and why and for those who choose to follow a traditional path and may feel trapped please don't judge the people who do a non-traditional path right as I stated before a lot like my parents I wouldn't say I have a non-traditional path, but kind of compared to most of my friends, like who I graduated from med school and things like that. Like mm-hmm. I graduated from residency and then I moved to Germany for six months and then that didn't work out. So then we moved back to America. But just that, you know, six month blip of trying to live abroad in Europe was so strange in my friend group. And I felt a lot of judgment um, mm. from some individuals. So. Definitely, if you're that person who decided to graduate from school, get married, buy the house, and have the 2.5 kids, live your truth, but don't push that on other people who don't want to do the same thing. Absolutely. And I think we'd all be a lot happier. Absolutely. I felt, you know, for... My dad was very traditional, right? Mm-hmm. So he wanted me to go to business school or law school mm-hmm. and kill it. And education was very, very important to him. He was a very smart man. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what he wanted for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in high school. I think that's also bullshit that we're expected to know what we want to do when we're 18. I'm mm-hmm. like, I have no idea, bro. I just like, I have no, f- I have no <laughs> clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a whole other subject, but... <laughs> I knew that I, you know, I've always loved writing. I always loved, I would scrapbook when I was young. I have a, I have like 20 scrapbooks at home that I would do when I was 10, 11, 12 and journals. And I always, that's what I loved. I love fashion. I loved beauty. I loved stealing my mom's like lip gloss and putting her heels on, like, etc. But I had no idea what I wanted to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to school for, mar- for marketing because in my head, I'm like, okay, I can take this in many different ways. And I knew when I was like around 20, I think is when kind of, you know, the whole blogging things, I, it, it became more popular. I saw more YouTubers. There were beauty channels on YouTube. I think Instagram was just starting. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like I would die to do this, but I was so like, I can't, I, I would never, like I would be so judged. Everybody would make fun of me. I can't do it. There's no way, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so I, I graduated college and I started working in social media, not for myself, but like I worked for a company and I, you know, I was doing my thing for a few years and every single day I would be like, this isn't what I want. Like, yes, I'm happy and I'm doing a good job and, and I do love what I'm doing, but it's not my passion. I know what I want to do, but I was so scared of judgment that I put off Mm -hmm. starting what I'm kind of doing now for, for almost like a decade. Like, you have no idea. I would open up Instagram accounts, and then I would close them two days later. I would open webs- start blogs, like websites, mm-hmm. and then two days later, I would, I would stop them. I would open a YouTube channel, and then I would start. Like, I tried so hard, and it was so fucking... I tried so long, and it was so hard for me to finally be like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. And even now that I've been doing this full-time for a year... Um, I still have such a hard time telling men what I do Mm. yeah and I kind of want to explore that with you because it's I talk about this all the time where it's like I'm so proud of what I'm doing I'm Mm -hmm. so happy I love what I'm doing and and I'm working so fucking hard Mm -hmm. to build it and so in my head I'm like why wouldn't I share it you know like why am I why am I ashamed of sharing it and it's not that I'm ashamed because I'll tell any girl or any guy if I'm not interested in them. See, that's the catch. It's like mm-hmm. if I'm interested in them, I don't want them to know what I'm what I do. I understand. Because 
I don't know. What would you say just by that? Just from that, what kind of men are you trying to date? Um, what kind of men am I trying to date? Yeah. I mean, I, I am trying to date somebody who is kind, who is smart, who is ambitious, um, who is humble, hardworking. I mean, you know, I have, yeah. I have a lot of things that I want. But I think for me, it's like, I'm so open and I'm so vulnerable on this podcast. I share so much on Instagram that I'm like, listen, I, I'm not at JP Morgan watching you talk to your clients all day. I don't want you like right. <laughs> listening right. to, you know what I'm saying? It's oh, like, it's okay. weird. Now I get what you're <laughs> Oh, like on Saturday, he's like, let me see how she feels. Let me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I share, listen, I share a lot on here. Okay. I don't need you to know what I'm doing all day. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I mean that's a that's a tough one that's a toughie but I think the things that you're describing that you're looking for in a partner someone who's humble and if at baseline they are truly kind and not performing kindness then it shouldn't matter so I know. the hesitation can be there because despite everything our society is still very regimented it's still very mm-hmm. capitalistic but mm-hmm. if it's the right guy then you shouldn't be afraid i'm not saying like life is real like how you feel is how you feel but if it's the right guy and he truly embodies those things that you're looking for in a partner then you should be able to tell him whatever but just tell him not to listen to your podcast (laughs) i know but it's like how do i just ban it like because if i can't like how can i control that you know how can i can't control guy he'll do what you ask that's true that's, That's not even controlling. True. Just be like, hey, you're speaking about vulnerability, right? And being transparent. So you can yeah. straight up say, hey, I say a lot of things. I sometimes even talk about us on this podcast I and how I feel about you. And I don't want you to listen. So can you please respect my boundaries and my wishes if you want to continue to date me and not listen to my podcast? Just straight up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's so funny. Like I literally had this conversation last night with a guy and he was like, he was like, Lisa, we've been talking for so long and I still have no clue what you do. Oh. <laughs> it's time to reveal. Like... It's time to reveal. Hey, this is what I do, but you can't listen. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, listen, let's just, I always say, let's just say I work in social media. That's what I say. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but they're always like, wait, what? Like what? I don't understand. What? Um, and I'm like, D- don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about it. I'll tell you one day. And they're just so confused. And it's, it's weird. I feel weird that I'm like hiding this whole thing, this whole part of my life. But you're right. I think the right person, um, won't, it won't matter. Yeah. It really won't. I think it's a me pro I think it's a me problem. Like, I think I'm just so in my head and I think I'm still getting used to this and I'm still, yeah. you know, it was so hard for me to start this Yeah. and I'm so proud of myself for doing it. But I think I'm also still like. Yeah. working on being so, so like way more open about it and comfortable in the space yeah. right yeah. yeah well okay I know our time is almost up but I wanted to this is like a, maybe this is like a whole part two but um I have been dealing with a schizophrenic um family member and I've been talking a little bit about it more on Instagram I literally just shared it a few days actually like last week I was in Costa Rica because that's where my sister is and she is schizophrenic with uh, paranoia she wasn't born with it but she did a lot of drugs mm-hmm. and essentially fried her brain mm-hmm. and um yeah so that started happening when I was like 23 24 okay. um and it's I guess I wanted to talk, I I wanted almost to break the ice about this with you because I would love if you could explain what that even means for my audience because I obviously don't have the right words for that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Okay. So you gave me a lot of information just in that, but of course I don't know her specific diagnosis. So what she seems to be struggling with or be afflicted with is drug-induced psychosis, um, Mm -hmm. which is a real thing. It's something I always have to explain to patients that 
you can use substances and then you have you know hallucinations paranoia and then bounce right back but there's some individuals they use something one time or a few times or even chronic use and then they have you know very positive overt symptoms of psychosis that never stop for the rest of their lives um and unfortunately for your sister she's possibly you know in that group um individuals who are diagnosed with schizophrenia um is more so like an organic mental health illness where there was nothing external that happened they were 15 16 17 even for women up to the age of 34 um, early 30s for women it can, they can still manifest with schizophrenia where they just start to slowly deteriorate um, mm. and you have them hearing voices some individuals see things have tactile hallucinations it's the scariest host, shit yeah, I've ever seen in my life. A whole host of like delusions. Yeah. Um, but the worst part, honestly, about schizophrenia is not, or psychosis in general, is what it does to our brains over time. So we can't communicate as well. Our thought mm -hmm. process becomes really, really scattered. Um, we have problems interacting with other individuals. Um, and that, those are a lot of you know, different elements of psychosis. So for you as a family member and, you know, engaging her and being there for her, and she lives in Costa Rica full time? She's, yeah, she used to live in Atlanta. That's where she went to school and, and that's home. where, and so we had to take her home. Yeah. When everything started, yeah. it was just, it was so scary because we had no idea what was happening, you know, like yeah. it, it was insane at first, like the things that I have seen with her, it just you can't make it up it really is truly terrifying mm -hmm. and so yeah we took her home she lives in costa rica with my mom thank god we have help my dad passed away when i was eight 19 so it's just my mom and i really and um so yeah we have help that is that helps my sister but you know the the biggest struggle we've had with her is that when she takes her medicine mm -hmm. she's stable she's a beautiful person she's such a she kind heart She's so creative, you know, she's so much potential. But mm -hmm. as her doctors have explained to us, people with her condition, I guess, are notorious for not wanting to take their medication when they feel good. And so that's our problem is that she'll pretend she, we literally have someone who sits there and gives her her pill and makes sure she swallows it. And you know, she, she got so good. This, she, she had a, she's in the hospital right now. She has a, she had a really bad outbreak a few weeks ago because she, started fooling everyone and wasn't taking her meds mm -hmm. and slowly just went, you know, had a full psychotic outbreak. Yeah. yeah. And so that's been our biggest struggle is that these, we're trying to minimize these outbreaks as best we can mm -hmm. because it's just not life for my mom. Like my mom has been through so much. That's why I live here because mm -hmm. I was like, I can't deal with, I can't, I can't do this. Like also just for my job, I wouldn't be able to do what I do in Costa Rica. Like it just would be so much tougher, but, um, yeah, we're really trying to minimize these outbreaks so that everybody can have, so that my mom can fucking live. Like, this is just not life. And so what we're going to try to do now, her doctor is going to try, we're trying injections for medicine. That's what, and that's what I was going to speak about. So yeah. long-acting injectables are amazing, amazing, amazing. I stand by them. I love to prescribe them. They really change the quality of life, especially for young people. Um, and she's 32. Mental, exactly. For young people with mental illness. Um, it's funny that we're having this podcast today. I was talking about it in like group chats with my friends from residency. They just released a long acting injectable um, in Vega Hafera. And mm -hmm. you only have to get two injections a year. That's wow. huge. Every six months. That's so, insane. Yeah, it's insane. Like, they're really working. There are some, the ones out on the market now that have been fully vetted, you only have to get an injection every three months, every four months. So there's so many options now. Yeah. Unfortunately, these yeah. medications are can be very expensive if you don't have so insurance. So expensive. Right, yeah. which is the mental health dilemma. Like, if you have a little bit of money, you can, you know, make the psychosis really manageable. If not, you might have to struggle a little bit. I, I said that I, you know, I was, I've been going home a lot because I'm helping, I'm just supporting my mom, you know, right. we're, she's my world and I just, I hate that this is, it's become very normal for me. Like it just, sometimes I just try to pretend as it, this is, this, this doesn't even exist because I'm like, listen, this is what it is and I don't want to let it control my life. Like right. I'm going to have sad days obviously, like, but I don't want it to consume my life, you know, even 
it's harder some days than others, obviously. But I was, you know, I met with her doctor when I was home a few weeks ago. I'm going home tomorrow, actually. Um, and, you know, he explained to us, like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And all we can do is try to find a way to, like, cope and manage it. But, and I said to him, like, listen, with all due respect, like, this is fucking, cr- like, how do people that can't afford this, how do they do this? Like, how do, how would they care for someone, like, in this condition? And he was like, you want the raw, honest <laughs> answer? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, those are the people, those are the people you see on the streets. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with the world? Like, this is insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Anyway, um... I wanted to ask you a selfish question. Okay. <laughs> what What would you say to somebody, aka me, okay. dealing with something like this? You know, it's so hard because sometimes I feel guilty, like having fun and living my life. When in my head I'm like, wow, my mom is like literally at home. My sister's in the hospital. You know, like it's so it it really fucks me up sometimes because I'm like. I, can't, I know I can't stop my life because this is just what it is. And I'm, you know, it's, I'm doing what I can to support in the ways that I can, but it's still so emotionally draining. And I really don't talk to a lot of people about this because it's such a heavy subject. I don't want to scare people, but I also, that's why I also wanted to talk about it more because I'm like, listen, this is nor- these are very normal things, unfortunately. And I know I'm not the only person in the world that is going through something like this. And when I first posted about it on my story, I got so many messages of girls being, and just people being like, thank you for sharing this. Like my uncle has this, or my, you know, my friend has it. Like people were like, thank you. I feel less alone. And I'm like, no, thank you. Like I feel less alone too. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what my question was. Basically like, I, I captured, <laughs> how I can got, I stay sane? I got you. I got you. Um, <laughs> do you still do therapy? So I'm on a break from my therapist, not because I want to, but I, it was just adding up financially a lot. And yeah, yeah, I had to like stop for a second. I have every intention of starting with her again because I adore her. But right now it's unfortunately like not something I can do Mm -hmm. weekly, you know? So I think I understand that. So once you're able to, or in the interim, if you find someone who may like on Talkspace or one of those like apps that they have, I think the key thing for the family members of those whose loved ones have serious mental illness is to continue doing some kind of therapy, even joining a group like mm. um, like an online. Maybe there's like an online Zoom group where like family members who you you guys are survivors. Um, you've described seeing things that you've never experienced before. That's trauma. So yeah. I think talking in a group setting, um, some kind of group therapy would help a lot. But in terms of the guilt, I don't think that's necessarily going to go away. I just think that as she gets better, you living your life as well will feel better. So I, I love that the doctor is about to start the injectable. Um, yeah. If she can get, I don't know which injectable they're going to give her. Um, do you know the name? I'm not sure. I just know that he ha- he's starting to a two-week one to s- make sure she reacts well and her body accepts it, et cetera. And then another, another two weeks. And then he said we could go to a month and then we could go to three months, which is like what we're like praying for. It's in Vega. So it's in Vega. So he's going to do in Vega oral, then he's going to do in Vega sustena, and then he's going to do in Vega trenza. So that's, that's exactly perfect. it. And I yeah. love that medication. It really helps. I've seen lives change. So I think for you, I think that's what you need to focus on. Like the doctor has a great plan. And yeah. Just be hopeful. Take, and yeah. just be hopeful. And you have, you know, access to good psychiatric care. And I think that's what you should focus on. And that right. A lot. Because her right. life, yeah. genuinely, genuinely, her life can entirely change in like six months. I've seen it. I've done it. And I've seen it. So there's a lot of hope at the end of the time. <sighs> Thank you. I, I mean, honestly, it's a lot for me. It's a lot of like prayer and patience and like, at least we have a game plan right now. So I think my mom and I have both. This is the most hopeful we've felt in a very long time because we're finally changing something. You know, I, this last outbreak, I went home and I'm like, this is we. This is it. Like we need to figure something out. Like this is ridiculous. You know. So. I love that we talked about this and I felt so comfortable talking about it with you and thank you so much for so much insight, so much wisdom 
and yeah, I loved I loved this conversation so much. It was so special, and I hope that we can do it again sometime. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Also, sorry, one more question. If people okay. want to find you, I know you don't like social media, but if people want to find you, where can they find you? Sure. I have the Instagram account. Um, my name is Dr. Amy Cisse, A-M-I-C-I-S-S-E. And send me a message if you have any questions. Perfect. I'll ta- everything will be tagged. Thank you so, so, so much. This was such a beautiful conversation. I loved it. And I can't wait to share it with everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.